एवरीवन सो हियर इज द लास्ट गर्ल बाय नादिया मुराद पार्ट थ्री चैप्टर सिक्स आई होप यू आर गोइंग टू लाइक इट सो लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड गिव मी अ मिनट चैप्टर सिक्स वेन द टैक्सी ड्राइवर एबली कुर्दिश मैन इन हिज मिड फोर्टीज आस्ट एस वेयर वी वॉन्टेड टू गो नसीर एंड आई लुक डेट एच अदर ब्लैंकली टेक अस टू कुर्दिस्तान नसीर सेड एंड द ड्राइवर लाफ्ट यू आर इन कुर्दिस्तान ऑलरेडी ही रिप्लाइड दैन ट्राइड अगेन वट सिटी डू यू वॉन्ट टू गो टू इरबिल सुलेमानिया नसीर एंड आई लाफ्ट नाइदर ऑफ अस न्यू ऑन द जोग्राफी ऑफ कुर्दिस्तान विच इज क्लोजेस्ट नसीर आस्ट हिम सुलेमानिया द ड्राइवर एंसर्ड सुलेमानिया दैन वी सेड We were exhausted and relieved, and as we settled in for the drive, we forgot to call Sapa, my nephew, as Hajni had told us to. It was getting dark. From the ring road, all I could see of Kirkuk was the glow of the houses and street lights from afar. When I was younger, we watched kids celebrate Navroz, their New Year, on TV, dancing in huge groups around bonfires and grilling piles of meat on the sides of green mountains. I would say somewhat bitterly, "Look at how great life is in Kurdistan, while we are living in these poor villages." And my mother would scold me. They deserve good lives, Nadia. She would say, "They went through a genocide under Saddam. You know that." I was a stranger in Kurdistan. I did not know what the towns were called or what the people who lived there were like. I had no friends in Kirkuk or Sulaimania, and even though Saba worked in a hotel in Irbil and Saud had worked on construction sites near Duhok, they were more like the Bangladeshi or Indian laborers who came to Kurdistan for a paycheck. and they had not made irbil or duhog their home maybe i was a stranger in all of iraq i could never go back to mosul where i had been tortured i had never been to baghdad baghdad or tikrit or nazaf i had never seen the great museums or ancient ruins in all of iraq all i really knew was kochu and now that belonged to isis Our driver was a proud Kurd, pointing out sights along the way in a happy mixture of Kurdish and Arabic, and trying to strike up a conversation with Nasir about life in Mosul. The whole city is taken over by Daesh, he asked, shaking his hand. His head. Yes, Nasir replied. A lot of people want to get out, but it is very hard. The Peshmerga will run them out of Iraq. Our driver declared. Nasir said nothing. I was more relaxed in the taxi. There was a chance that Nasir would get interrogated at the next checkpoint, which separated the disputed territory from true Kurdistan. But we had Hisham's friend from Sinjar on our side. Clearly, he had some authority. At least, I was no longer looking over my shoulder for Islamic State cars and worrying that the people around me were secretly terrorists. See those buildings close to the mountains. The driver asked us, pointing his thin fingers at Nasir's window. To our right, massive housing developments were being built in the shadows of Iraq's eastern mountains. Huge billboards proudly advertised in the project, with mock-ups of the finished neighborhood. When they are finished, they will look like American apartment building. Our driver said, "Very new, very beautiful, wonderful things are happening in Kurdistan." What is your wife's name? The driver asked, looking at me in in his review mirror. Susan Nasir replied, still using the name on my ID. 
Susan the driver said what a pretty name i will call you susu he said smiling at me after that whenever he pointed something out he made sure he had my attention susu do you see that lake out there it is so beautiful in the spring time or susu that town we just passed that place has the best ice cream you have ever tasted I remember that drive and wonder if Sinjar could ever do what Kurdistan had recover from genocide to become even better than it was before I longed to believe it could but I had to admit it seemed unlikely Sinjar is not like Kurdistan where the population is almost all Kurdish and where the enemy Saddam's army came from the outside in Sinjar Yazidis and Arabs all live together we rely on one another for trade and we walk and we pass through one another's towns we try to be friends but our enemy built itself up inside sincer like a disease aimed at killing anything it came into contact with even if the americans and other helped us the way they did after saddam attacked the kurds as it is could not offer them much in return so they probably would not how could we go back to our old lives and live amongst arabs again susu the driver was trying to get my attention again do you like to picnic i nodded my head of course you do well you should come here to the mountains outside sulemania for a picnic you won't believe how beautiful it is in the spring time i nodded again later nasir and i would laugh at the driver and the nickname he had given me we did not let daesh take you nasir said but we would if we would stayed longer with him he would not have let you go i bet on that nadia we arrived in sulemania at close to 4 in the morning when everything including the garage where we would need to go to uh, sorry where we would need to get a taxi to irbil was closed as we neared the checkpoint the driver told us not to worry i know this guys he said and sure enough after a few words in kurdish they waved us through Where should I take you? The driver asked, but we shook our heads. Just take us close to the garage, Nasir said. It is close now, the driver replied. He was kind and he worried for us. That's fine, Nasir said. We will wait. The driver pulled over and Nasir paid him. Susu, good luck, he said and drove away. We sat down outside the supermarket near the garage and leaned against the wall. The street was empty and the whole city was quiet. Tall buildings, their windows dark, loomed over us. One of them was shaped like a sail and lit up bright blue. I later learned it was modeled after a building in Dubai. A soothing breeze blew over us and the sight of the mountains which encircle Sulemania like a necklace was familiar and comforting. I needed to find a restroom but I was too shy to tell Nasir and so we just sat there exhausted waiting for the shops to open so we could eat something You have never been here before Nasir asked No I said but I knew that it was a beautiful place I told him about the Nehru's celebrations I had watched on TV but I did not bring up Saddam or Anfal There is a lot of water here and things stay green much longer I told him there are parks with games and rides for kids Iranian cross the border just to walk around in the park and the mountains remind me of home Where will we go tomorrow I asked Nasir 
We will get a taxi to Irbil, he said, and meet your nephew at his hotel. Then you will go to Jakko to be with Hajni. Without you? I asked and he nodded. I felt sorry for him. I wish your family could come to Kurdistan. I wish you did not have to live under Daesh. I don't know how that could happen, Nasir said. Maybe one day? He seemed very sad. My body ached from sitting in cars for so long and so did my feet from the walk to the first checkpoint. Sorry, to the first Kurdish checkpoint. Eventually we both fell asleep, but not for long. An hour or two later, the sound of morning traffic and the soft light of the dawn sun woke us up. Nasir turned to me. He was happy that I had slept. The sun rose on you without fear this morning, he said. It is morning without fear, I replied. It is beautiful here. Our stomachs were empty. Let's get something to eat, Nasir suggested, and we walked a short distance to a shop where we bought sandwiches made of eggs and fried eggplant. They were not very good, but I was so hungry I ate my sandwich quickly. I no longer felt like I might throw up. In the restaurant bathroom, I took off my abaya and Catherine dress, which both smelled terrible from sweat, and swiped some wet towels underneath my armpits and across my neck. Then I changed into a pair of pants and a shirt from my bag. I was careful not to look in the mirror. I had not seen my reflection since that morning in Hamdania, and I was scared to see how I might look. Folding up Catherine's dress, I carefully put it back inside. I will keep it until she is free, and then I will give it back to her, I thought. I got ready to throw my abaya into the garbage, but stopped at the last moment, deciding to keep it as evidence of what ISIS had done to me. Outside, the street started to fill with people on their way to work and school. Cars honked as the traffic thickened, and stores pulled up metal grates and opened their drawers. Sunlight reflected off the sail-shaped skyscraper, which I could see now was covered in a bluish glass and had a round observatory on the top. Every bit of life made the city look very beautiful. No one looked at us and I did not fear anyone. We called Sabah. I will come to Suleymania to get you, he offered, but Nasir and I said no. There is no need, I said. We will come to you. Don't worry. At first, Nasir wanted me to go to Irbil alone. You don't need me anymore, Nadia, he said. But I argued with him until he agreed to come alone. My old stubbornness was back and I was not ready to say goodbye to him yet. We will come to Irbil together, I told Sabah. I want you to meet the man who helped me escape. The Suleymania garage was busy that morning while we waited for a taxi to take us to Irbil. Already four drivers had turned us down. They did not tell us why, but we suspected it was because we had come from Mosul and because Nasir was an Arab. One by one, the driver would ask for our IDs and look them over, glancing at us, then back at the IDs, then back at us. We want to go to Irbil? They would ask and we nodded. Why? They wanted to know. To see family, we told them, but they just sighed and handed us our IDs back. Sorry, they said, I am booked, try someone else. They are scared because we are from Mosul, Nasir said. Who can blame them? I said, they are scared of Daesh. 
you still want to speak with desha asir asked and i shook my head no i was not ready to show them who i really was we were not in real trouble yet we sat there in silence as the sun got hotter becoming more worried about finding a driver who would take us to irbil finally a driver agreed but since we were the first passengers we would have to wait until he filled up his car sit over there he said pointing to the sidewalk where a large crowd had already gathered in small bits of shade waiting for their drivers to tell them they were ready as the garage filled i scanned the crowds no one looked at us i was not scared anymore but i did not have the feeling of relief i thought i would have all i could think about was what would what life would be like when i finally made it to chaco so much of my family was dead or missing and i was not going home i, I was going back to all the holes left by the people i lost i felt happy and empty at the same time and i was grateful that nasir was there to talk to what if daesh came into this garage right now i asked nasir what do you think would happen everyone would be frantic he said i imagined a militant dressed in all black carrying an automatic rifle into this crowd of distracted busy people but what do you think he would try to get first i said who would be worth more me the escaped sabaya or you a sunni who left mosul and who helped me escape nasir laughed it sounds like a riddle he said well i know the answer i said he would get both of us we would both be dead and be loved just for a moment thank you for joining me i hope you like it thank you so much